What you are about to hear is the ultimate blend of technology and entertainment. This is Conf T with your SE. That's right. This is Conf T with your SE. I am your host, Brian Young. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Tom Porto. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. And as always, ecstatic to be here talking <laughs> security yet again. Talking <laughs> security, man. That's that's pretty much everything I've had you been talking about since like we started this back up. And maybe I'm partial to it. I might be a little bit. Yeah, that's it all right, happens. though. It's all right, though. It's all I, right. Like the, I like this topic, so we're good. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a topic that everyone's talking about. It's, uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed the, the last episode that we aired. Uh, which was on the uh, AI stuff. Uh, that was a lot of fun to record and and to actually re-listen to. Which, as as our listeners may have guessed, we uh, we have to re-listen to ourselves over and over again when we do the post production, and that can be a very tedious task that we usually don't like because I who who enjoys hearing themselves talk, but that episode was was fun to listen to again. So. Um, but we're not here to talk about AI, although the topic may come up because it seems to be every time now. We are actually here to talk about Cisco's latest huge announcement around XDR. And to help us navigate this conversation, this topic, we have two distinguished engineers from the Cisco Threat Detection and Response, Mr. Aaron Woolard and Matt Robertson. How are you, gentlemen? Fantastic. How are you? Doing very well. Awesome. <laughs> Aaron, I'll I'll start with you. Um, uh oh. <laughs> no, no, these are the easy questions. Easy questions. Uh, I was hoping to get a little bit of background on uh, history on your background and uh, how how you've gotten here, and then uh, Matt, I'll, I'll shoot it over to you for the same. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so I'm old. Uh, I've been at Cisco. Um, I've been at Cisco for. Uh, I'm in my 18th year, or, or going on my 18th year. Wow. Um, I, uh, and before that I was, I spent about 12 years as a technical trainer and a consultant. So like I said, I'm old. <clears throat> um, I, I got into security, I think when the, uh, pterodactyl flew over my head. Um, but, uh, around the same time that I was swapping out token ring, uh, to ethernet at a major car manufacturer, I was also really deploying my first firewalls. And this was a day of Cisco Sentry firewalls and um, replacing those with a checkpoint firewall on uh, on uh, back when it ran on hardened uh, Windows workstations and then eventually PIX firewalls even replaced that. But um, man, and then I've just been kind of stuck ever since. Um, so in my my eight, almost 18 years here, I guess, I've... Uh, I had one little baby that came out of it named uh, the Identity Services Engine, or ICE, uh, which seems to have been uh, done pretty well in the world. Uh, and then I left that and I wanted to go focus more on incident response and, and what we at that time called advanced threat, uh, which happens to be where Matt and I worked together in a previous life and then we're doing it again, um, uh, where, where he was working with... a. Um, an OEM of a company called Landcope, and uh, and I was working on ICE at the same time. And then uh, Matt decided to leave Cisco just so we could acquire Landcope just to get Matt back. And, uh, <laughs> and that's kind of how I got where I'm at now, I guess. And short, nice. short. 
version. So, so Matt, you're the reason that we acquired Landcope and then subsequently uh, came out the product Stealth Watch from that. If only it was that simple. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I've been at Cisco for about 15 years now, counting the two years I was at Landcope. Um, so, nice. And I started as development, always worked on our security product sets. I spent the last 10 years or so working on Stealth Watch and security analytics. And, you know, now we've, we've launched XDR, Extended Detection yes. and Response. That's our new product in the uh, threat detection and response space. Yes, and, and a very exciting announcement. So this was announced at uh, the most recent RSA. I think it was back at the uh, end of April. And, um, Aaron, you and I had a, a chance to touch base beforehand, um, you know, trying to get as much information out of what it was going to look like, what it was going to do as we could. Uh, and of course, trying to plan out, you know, when we would record and, and publish this, obviously it needing to be after the the launch. Um, but why don't we just start with that? So for those that have not heard of the announcement, we've got XDR. What is, what is Cisco XDR and why is it such a big deal? Great question. So, um, I like to describe it. My, my elevator pitch is, um, right, it, XDR is a technology that is a, a SOC enabler or a security operations center enabler tool. Um, the idea behind XDR is to try and, and take some of the more, let's just put it, challenging processes, right, um, uh, that, that can happen with incident response. And there are a lot and can try to do things to make that investigator, that analyst more effective at even a more junior level. So very quickly, can you take something that's been rolled up as an incident from multiple sources? Can we prioritize it? Can we then tell them, focus on these first, right? Give you enough information to be able to make a decision, whether that decision is to take an action or whether that decision is to forward this on to the person who's now gonna go investigate deeply and try and do forensics and and drill out of all the, the raw logs and, and stitch something together, right? So um, Matt probably may have a different definition. Oh, I mean, it abs- absolutely, it's about uh, simplifying security operations. That's, that's what it is. Now the, the need for XDR or the term itself has emerged over the course of the last, well, let's say three years, three years or so. And it and it's one of those nebulous terms that, uh, you know, I, I used to joke, you ask five people what XDR is, you're going to get 10 different answers. Uh, and <laughs> it was, it, for the longest time, it was just, you know, expectations varied. What is an XDR? What does it do? But it all came back to a fundamental, like, I just want, if you ask the security operator, it usually just boiled back down to, I just want something that makes my job easier. Um, you know, how, how do I how do I make every tier one analyst more effective, as effective as a tier two? Like, how do how do we more effective at our job? How do we simplify operations? Um, and you know, we when we were doing all kinds of market research, talking to customers, what do you expect the next year? Talking to analysts, talking to whoever, and they're like, oh, we wanted to do all these magical things. Uh, ultimately, we boiled it down to an incredibly simple definition, which is the collection of telemetry from multiple security tools 
the application of analytics to that telemetry to arrive at a detection uh, and then a response on that detection. Um, and really that's just, hey, if you take those, that definition and you just say to any security operator, what do you do with your job? He's like, well, I count some data, I look at the data and I decide what to do about it. Um, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what we're doing. So we're just trying to help automate the security operation center as much as possible. Nice. I, th- I think that answers the, the next question too, as to, you know, why, why are we doing this? Why, why is this such a focus? And it sounds like the answer to that is, is really around making those members of the SOC more effective, giving them better tools to do their job. Um, and just bringing the bubbling the information up. Um, and this is the, the first question I'm going to ask about it specifically, you know, how is this different from what we've been doing with SecureX? Because my experience with SecureX is that we've got the integration points with multiple Cisco and third-party vendors. Um, you know, obviously not as deep with the third-party stuff, um, but it's still there. And, um, you know, I, I'm able to look at that dashboard within SecureX to see what's going on. So how is this different? So let me, um, so this is very timely. Um, so at the time we're recording this podcast is about a week before Cisco Live. And I've actually got a session yep. at Cisco Live uh, where I'm literally outlining almost exactly what you just asked. So I've got <laughs> two hours on it. So let me summarize that really quickly. Um, I mean, when, when you look at, so you mentioned SecureX. And so when you, when you look at what SecureX was originally defined, what we really wanted to do with it a few years ago when we came out with it, it was an integrations platform for us. Right. The idea was we're, we're, we we do have a SOC focus uh, with SecureX um, with thanks to things like what we call Cisco threat. Um, oh my God, Cisco threat response. And uh, yeah, it's too many names, man. Um, we do have a SOC visibility. Fo- yeah, do have a SOC focus <laughs> with it. We did throw an, an an orchestration tool into it for automation. Um, we we combined a lot of things basically from um, we had we had some some leadership that came from an incident response background and they said, what did we do when we were incident responding and let's build tooling around it. And, and in the same time we were working to get, you know, Cisco plus Cisco equals something greater than two, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you're linking these Cisco products together, let's, let's help you the customer through you know, navigate through this along with third party Intel and so forth and say, am I vulnerable in this environment? Well, around the same time after we launched that, the Gartner and, and other industry analysts defined this new thing called XDR, right? So, it, you know, it, it is a category, right? Extended detection and response. Only Cisco calls their product XDR. Everyone else is just a category and it's got a product name, you know, uh, you know, something XDR, you know, or, you know, Aaron's XDR or whatever. We call it Cisco XDR. But they, they come up with this category and they say SecureX is a perfect example of an XDR. And we were like, what, what, what's XDR? And then we were like, yes, we are. Um, and so we don't take a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, right? exactly. Of course we are. Absolutely. We are, we are all in on this. And, Totally. You know, to oh, that. look at that market cap. We're definitely in on this, you know. Uh, but then you know, we invested millions of dollars in research, right? Um, we invested very, very heavily internally on 
uh, a we brought in a, an external research team started you know talking to customers talking to people who are working in the sock and just being like based on blind interviews not so blind interviews etc we came up we got came back with like how do we evolve uh, into a real XDR so you'll notice at a SecureX, where was the detection? The detection happened externally every time, right? It was a detection that came from some other product, maybe Cisco Secure Endpoint, which is an, an endpoint detection and response tool. Maybe it came from StealthWatch, aka Cisco Cisco Secure Network Analytics, uh, whatever we call StealthWatch now. Uh, which is an NDR, right? Our network detection and response tool, right? But the detections and the analytics never happened in SecureX at all, right? And that was something that we, as you just heard Matt talking about, um, it's something we, we absolutely said we have to do. I mean, we have to have the detections, not just these on, we have responses, but they weren't tied to the detections in any way, shape or form. They were tied to the integration, which is sort of, an industry problem, you know, across all products is, it's like, oh, I have to know to, you know, click on the endpoint, click secure endpoint, and then say isolate because that's a possible reaction I can take. But that reaction could be for anything. It didn't necessarily have to do with what would an incident responder do with that investigation. So we, we were learning a lot of this. We hired a lot of additional people. Um, so I, I before the podcast started. I mentioned that we're a tripod. You have myself, you have Matt, and the third leg of our three-legged stand here is a guy named Rob. Rob came to us from a SIM provider, and prior to that, probably the most well-known SOAR, uh, which was acquired by that SIM, and I'll let everyone else figure out who that is. Right? And so he's, <laughs> he's focused on response, Rob is focused on detection, and I'm focused on extension, right? So X, D, and then Rob would be R. Um, like but we that's just one example of one of the experts that we hired in right with this investment and what we came up what we came out of this with is the Cisco XDR which is a, a very different experience and a very different product from what SecureX start you know is um, and uh, and and definitely from what it started out as uh, and I'll, I'll let Matt, because I've spoken way too much, but talk a, a bit more about you know what we've done to bring the detection in and so on. Yeah, um, you know, we look at what SecureX was, uh, and you know what we what we needed to add to uh, the portfolio to be a full fledged XDR. So we needed we needed to be an open ecosystem. We needed to work with third party vendors. We needed to look. We needed to incorporate more data and more response actions. And then also, if we go back to you know my ba very very basic definition of of what XDR is, what the expectation is, we needed we needed a data lake and a detection engine, uh, an analytics stack. We didn't have that with with SecureX. Uh, the what SecureX was is you know some downstream product created a bunch of data. Uh, it became a quote unquote incident, and we would do enrichment and response. Well, without we had no we had no detection engine. We had no logic that was there uh, to derive a detection of maliciousness. And then also we needed to have all, basically a lot more robustness in our in our response mechanisms, inclusive of of, of third party integrations as well. Um, SecureX in its beginning was let's was really just a platform for interconnecting Cisco products. Like sure we had some other integrations, but it was never 
an open ecosystem. And that's really where we, we looked at, like, how can we, how can we actually solve some of the challenges of security operations is we absolutely needed to be an open ecosystem. No one was going to be a successful XDR if you didn't extend not your own products. You needed to build you needed to build a SOC platform. And SOCs don't only buy tools from one vendor. And then on top of that, we're like, well, if we're gonna be open um, and we need to be a SOC platform, we need a data lake um, or a data warehouse, as we now call it, because a lake is um, has its own an, an, uh, connotations, um, mm-hmm. data warehouse, and we needed a, an analytics stack. And, and that's that's where we really came, went down and what XDR is offering is it has a very sophisticated uh, data collection plummet, or telemetry collection storage and analytics stack to, to arrive at a, a new set of detections. And uh, one of the other things that went, as we were building XDR and we're like, you know, what, what differentiates XDR? What is what is the most important sets of data available? Uh, the one thing the market um, as a whole seems to agree on is, is endpoint. Endpoint is foundational to XDR. And that seems to be a function more of endpoint detection response is, is a tool that is predominantly, um, and I mean like almost entirely, purchased and used by the Security Operations Center. And so a Security Operations Center is all like, hey, I have an EDR. Um, that's my tool. Um, it's rare to see somebody not security operations managing an, an EDR. It's pretty rare. Um, can occur, but you know that's like a one percent situation. Uh, the thing that, that we were finding when we were talking to them, okay, so yeah, obviously EDR is foundational to XDR. We need that because it's part of SOC operations already. But they're like, what is pretty common? to an additional set of telemetry for security operations. And, it's, and that was the network. Uh, you know, if we talk to a lot of security operations, despite everything I just said about how EDR is a foundational product or technology they use, it's also incredibly common that they'll be like, hey, um, my endpoint agents from my EDR on our, are on roughly 30% of the assets in my enterprise network or enterprise environment, there's a lot of additional assets that are out there. Phones, cameras, printers, uh, servers. Uh, Servers gets really interesting where, you know, you start talking to customers and they're all like, hey, um, all my stuff's in the cloud now. Uh, All of these these bare metal things I used to buy and stand up, yeah, they're, uh, they're on AWS now or GCP or Azure or something. So that gets us to another component, which is while network is foundational, Network and cloud config data is also foundational and, and very relevant data to the security operations as, as all of their assets that used to be data center assets are moving to EC2 instances. You have a, a, a different, different it's actually it's the same set of challenges, just a different environment that they're played in. Uh, so now it's like, we need that data. And that was kind of our, our foundational strategy. It's like, well, we actually have, a really good uh, footprint and technology stack to collect network data and cloud log data. Um, let's let's do that. Um, let's use that as a foundational aspect of our of our uh, XDR. We'll merge EDR and NDR uh, together uh, and try to offer, have an option that or an offer that will collect data from endpoints, network, cloud, uh, firewall logs, 
which is, you know, arguably network if you talk to certain people, uh, and try to merge all that data together into a, a detection platform. So wow. one of the things that our boss is really uh, happy with saying, and we got this one from a customer, but like XDR evolved out of the industry's need, right? So um, the customers are like, if you're a tier three analyst, like so you're a top tier analyst and you you are uh, you hear about you, you there was an EDR detection or whatever, or whatever triggers you to go investigate something. You may go into your sim and pull out raw logs. You may write um, really detailed playbook queries that uh, that go into the you know querying into that giant database of raw data and pull back pieces that you think are right and core you know correlate that with your own knowledge and so forth. But every single incident can't go to that person that is so familiar with that tool and writing those queries and pulling this back in. And, uh, you know, Rob, our, our third leg, right? Rob was, um, he used to spend, uh, customers used to spend $150,000, $200,000 with him to set up um, basically what we call device insights inside of SecureX and now XDR. It has been expanded, right? Where we're correlating to say this is the same endpoint object, if you will, across these different systems. To be able to for them to be able to pull that together to be able to correlate and then stitch together lateral movement um, during an incident and things of that nature it was very expensive and it's just part of what is being done for the uh, the analyst or the the uh, incident investigator um, in XDR now right so it's just that the industry felt like they'd been failed by their investments to date. And that's sort of what led to XDR. So you could sit there and argue, like, if SIM had become what it was always promised to be, would XDR even exist? Right? Um, but, you know, XDR is everywhere you look. You know, when you were at RSA a couple weeks ago, since you mentioned it already, like, everyone had XDR on their, their, their billboard somehow and their signage somehow, right? Everyone was an XDR and everyone of course had AI and I'm sure they all use blockchain and, uh, you know, with machine learning and, um, in the cloud, in the cloud, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, but it's true though, that XDR came out of the fact that none of the tools were working the way they wanted to. And for those of you who listen, who are old school, Cisco folks like me might remember a product called Mars, right? Um, without the level of intelligence that we have in XDR, Mars was on the same path, right? Um, it was just way ahead of its time and stuck in an appliance form factor and lots of other issues. But we, we can go into all the reasons why Mars failed and why it didn't. But some of it was just that it was ahead of its time. It had similar concept of take take in events from whatever you built a, uh, a custom parser for. A friend of mine named Craig Hypes used to build parsers left and right and put them out on the community. But um, you know, you'd build the parser so you knew what data was what and you would stitch it together and you would, you would say, this is a single incident. Well, we have some really slick uh, detection engines that uh, Matt's team has come up with a lot, you know, using AI, using ML using just straight up um, good 
uh, analytical algorithms, right, to say this is a single incident with all of these detections rolled up into it from all these different sources, right, which is very Mars-like, only on steroids, right? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's fun to be back in that space again and, uh, and to see such similar things where we can leverage our, our experiences from the past, but also look at all the capabilities we have now with the modern stacks. Huh. It just, just hearing you describe that and how you'd have to basically custom build the integration points with Mars reminds me of that old meme. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you know, like, it just, it sounds like a lot of work and it sounds like <clears throat> at the time the, the, the knowledge and the, especially the, re, the response piece of it wasn't there, the analytics, the AI, the ML, to actually do anything useful with that information, right? You could collect it all, but then what? You're just looking at a lot of stuff in one screen versus having to switch between tabs, um, you know, if tabs even existed back then. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were just coming out. But I, I think it, what's, what's interesting to me is that and I love the fact that like each of you have like you're the X, you're the D, the other guy that's not here, he's the R piece, right? Like I love that it's kind of broken up like that because it kind of has to be. Um, and I, I I think it's so cool how we're basically taking all that information, putting on the layer of analytics, and kind of helping you write or even supplying you with the um the case books and the the action plans that you need because that was one of the things that really impressed me in the demos that i saw was that you had the remediation steps written out for you obviously you could write your own you could modify it to, to what you need right and keep me honest here if i'm if i'm going off the trails but you had a lot of the work done for you so that you could focus on time to remediation which is always a, a concern yeah, shortening that time to remediation is a big, big, big right. deal. Um, and so I do wish Rob was here, actually. He, he probably would have a lot to say in this regard. But uh, one, of the, one of the very cool things is, um, so there, there's guys like Rob. There's guys like, I mean, I, I did this long ago. These guys did it way more recently. But it's guys like Rob. We have some other people on the team, like uh, a guy named Carlos and Leon. And these guys for the military and then for, like, the National Guard, have been doing incident response like in day to day for a long, long, long time. Um, and what they, the other thing about the XDR that ties into that is it's very tightly coupled with MITRE attack framework. So we're looking at the TTPs, right, from the different sources of telemetry and we're able to, to stitch this together. And based on those TTPs also comes in, what do we do for the Eradic, you know, to get to eradication, right? You know, the detection, the response, the eradication, the the, the recovery fa phases and step someone through the process that you are going to go through as a responder, right? And so based on the detection, we can give you your responses that we would want you to do as, you know, the instant responders, but you're, again, you're not limited. So anything that you wanted to code up from an atomic or a workflow perspective in the automate, we call it automate now, but the the orchestration tool with inside called automate can be done. And so it's it's pretty amazing. Like I can make that thing behind you stop blinking possibly as long as there's an API. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just uh, 
got to pull the plug. That's all. No, no internet connectivity whatsoever. Um, and for those that have listened to it before, those who want to refresh, we actually did cover the miter attack framework a little while ago on episode 46. So for a refresh, I would highly suggest checking that one out. Um, two great minds here at Cisco going over that. Um, but that's that's awesome. I mean, it, and it sounds like there was a ton of research that was put into this as far as that investment is concerned with actual use cases, actual workflows that were investigated and said, hey, how can we help this versus just kind of going at it and doing it the Cisco way or right. And just, instead of just saying, Oh, well, this is how you should do it. Or rather, you know, you should, you should click here and then here we're look, it's not like we listened a lot to industry experts inside and outside. I, I, I can echo that and confirm it completely. Um, (laughs) so it, this, and it's not stopped. All right. So we, when I say we invested millions of dollars, I, I mean it, not just in the initial research, but in, in building out the right experience team and an experience research team. Um, so a woman named Barbara here, um, like she's going to be doing interviews at Cisco Live and she has, them, she has them constantly running outside of those events. But Cisco Lives are good events to get people in person as well, um, where her team is literally meeting with people who are doing incident response. and working with our products and not our even our products working with third-party products uh every day and saying what does this experience need to yield what will it do Um, what do we need to and how does it need to work for you to be effective it looks like matt wants to say something oh you're doing so well you're doing so well Matt. didn't need to jump in I'll give Tom a, a chance to get a word in edgewise and ask a question. I never, I never give him time. And you should have heard the the recording I I caught him on on the AI episode. Uh, where he was did talking me, trash. Did me dirty. <laughs> um, trash about AI? No. No, talking trash about me. But we you put it in AI. the AI episode because it it was it yeah. was AI generated. I pulled a nice little prank on him. That's, yeah, AI generated bashing of Brian Young, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, it. that's, that's it. awesome. Yeah, effectively wanted me to take over. I, I was, uh, I was, I was complaining that he wasn't a great host and that I should be, uh, I should be taking over the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I agree to some, some. Level. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I guess you know, after kind of listening and, and really, I'll be honest, this is probably more than I've learned about XDR even since its announcement. Um, and what it really sounds like, and I hear this a lot from the customers, is. You know, you said it was definitely born out of a need, right? An industry need, and really, to me, it sounds like that need was we've got so much tech sprawl when it comes to all these different tools that have popped up from different attack vectors that have shown up over the years, right? Yeah, you know, it used to be you just needed a firewall. Okay, well now it's you need a firewall and I need DNS protection, I need endpoint protection, I need uh, all these different things, right? So, I mean, it was only natural you know, that something like this would start to come along. Um, and I, mean, I think it's going to be great because, like I said, I have customers who constantly complain about, oh, I've got 15 different portals i got to manage. It's just not feasible. You know, they use that excuse to want to go to another vendor. And I said, well, here's the thing. Go to another vendor. You can have the same problem. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's, there's really no, no, no one I'm aware of that has every single attack vector built into one product. It just doesn't happen. So XDR is, you know, the perfect answer to that. 
I definitely have to agree with you. And, and at the same time, I'll disagree with you a little bit um, in that the, the many people believe that their sim is the answer to that. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the, the little bit of disagreement is people will believe that's the answer. But someone's got to, to work through that sim to do what we're doing in XDR, right? Someone's got to go and build the advanced playbooks. And what I mean by playbooks is not just a response to an, 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 a, uh, not just a response to an alert or, um, or what we would, you know, it's actually figuring out all the parts of the things that are getting logged to that sim that are all tied to that alert. How do you correlate them? What do you correlate on? Because just storing the data doesn't do it for you, right? right. Somewhere along the lines, there's got to be analytics, right? And and with those analytics, and and something's got to do a lot of the automation of enriching those analytic, uh, enriching that data, so the analytics can continue to run and learn more about it. Um, that's something that XDR is doing, right? The the productivity aspects of it are huge. Yeah, the I mean like. I'm just expanding on some of my ladder is like a, a sim tended to be the center of security operations. And I was just like, Hey, let's get all the data. We'll put it in one spot. Didn't accomplish anything. So then they're like, okay, well, how do you get value out of the data? Cause ultimately what you needed is a, a security operations center needs a prioritized work queue. And then once you, you know, you pick an item off the top of the queue, you're like, this is high priority. Let's work on it. You need access to the data. How important is it to my organization? What does it mean? And then every, you know, sophisticated operation center will have a playbook. If you get this piece of data or this incident, here's this set of things you validate. And then here's your response based on what you discovered during your investigation. Um, and then that's, sort of, yeah, I mean, that step, that data analytics response, right? People have solved it yep. uh, by hiring people, building processes, et cetera. Um, you know, we're in Cisco XDR is how do we, how do we automate as much as possible repetitive human tasks? Uh, how mm-hmm. do we make every tier one as effective as a tier two? It's not going to solve every problem, but it will, it, it helps make the repetitive problems hopefully easier or empowering operations uh, on top of the data that we are, you may already have. Um, so we long, you know, not that long ago. I mean, fairly recently in the scheme of Cisco, we acquired a little company called Kenna Security. All right. So Kenna, um, what, what Kenna did and does to this day, uh, better than anyone else, m- many would say, is management of vulnerabilities that have been discovered by other tools. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's say you've got an open source Nessus scanner, or you've got some other vulnerability scanner that a customer has paid for, et cetera. One of the problems they have is that like, which one of the, we're never going to get all these vulns patched. We're never going to get everything fixed. Right. Which ones are the most important to my organization? How do I do those first? That's kind of what Kenna taught or, or does with its extensive, you know, algorithms and, you know, AI, machine learning, whatever you want to call the, the, Ultimately, it's all math, right? Um, and they said, focus on these first based on, on this. Here's our score. Here's the risk. Here's so on. Now, the data and scientists... it gamifies it, too, which is cool. Say again? And it gamifies it for, yes. for the operator, too, which is all the better. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the same data science folks, right? They're, they're actually 
they're actually running the data science shop here at in, in at least in TDNR in, in threat detection and response. And so the same guys, um, the same um, uh, data scientists and the the chief data scientists and so forth worked on the XDR. And they came up with a, a similar patented algorithm uh, model of prioritization of incidents. Right. So to be able to make again, one of the reasons why this tool is making the SOC more effective is it's saying focus on these incidents first versus prior to Cisco XDR and, and this capability, you ultimately had just this giant inbox of incidents and alerts that have all come in. Which ones are the ones that are most important? How do I determine those? We're doing that for you with these incidents, right? We're saying based on the MITRE TTPs and the impact those TTPs have had in the industry, running that science into an algorithm along with things like asset value and, and other pieces, we're able to state focus on these incidents first. So not based on the MITRE TTP of one of the detections, right? Not based on the asset value of just one of those detections, but based on the whole incident and all the TTPs involved in that incident that's been rolled up and correlated, right? It is incredibly valuable to have that in the SOC, right? And to be able to say, in my, in my security operations, I'm gonna focus on these incidents first, get them out of the way, and then I can go look at some of the less important incidents. I don't wanna say less important, but the less risky ones according to this algorithm. Right, you, you need you need the context, but you also need that correlation of the information to be able to make the most efficient use out of it. Because as Tom was saying before, they, our customers are getting inundated with alerts and concerns within the industry, right? That they have to worry about. And if you just have a single place where all the alerts come in, like a sim, right? It it's not reducing it down. There might be some some built-in correlation or, or or some linkages depending on which which vendor you're looking at, right? But ultimately, it's just bringing it to one screen, that single pane of glass kind of kind of look and feel, right? Where you ultimately still have to really draw the lines between those incidents yourself and then from there create and many times create or maybe go through the existing playbook of remediation. Yeah. Right. And that's, and this is where the R piece comes in where you have the existing playbooks tells you what to do. You can obviously create your own, but there's also some automation pieces, pieces in there that help you kind of continue to monitor and remediate your network 24 seven when hopefully you only work 40 hours a week or Try to stay close to that. You know, sure. you're not you're not just at home all day long. You know this remediate. This industry we're in has single handedly changed the average number of hours worked from forty to uh, I think it. it's fifty two. I have to look at the statistics again, but that, that's mostly <laughs> happened because of software developers and and IT, right? But to go back to your point, though, I mean to to see the example of it, we had an incident. We have, I guess, technically in SecureX, there is an incident manager. There's a totally new incident manager in XDR, right? That is not a piece that was brought forward because 
we need that ability to prioritize those incidents and not just give you just a giant queue where, I mean, Matt, we had one, one customer who had, I, I want to say 1,000 or 2,000 plus in, yeah, of incidents in their incident <laughs> queue. It's like, well, which ones do I work Jesus. on? Yeah, it's, and are any What's of these the, the same, then? right? How yeah, do I correlate no some point. of these down or that, you know, et cetera. And that, that's, again, kind of like one of the reasons why we had this evolution to an XDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's 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 funny because it just it reminds me of my inbox every once in a while. I'm like, oh god, I've got 480 new messages that I have not read, and uh, yet I feel I, I feel overwhelmed, but like I'm not missing anything at the same time. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> if they really need me. They would have called me. <laughs> you know, as long as you keep it under that 500 number, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not too bad. <laughs> Mine's more like under 5,000. goes up. If I were to look at my inbox right now, you guys would run screaming. Uh, my, well, you, yeah, you, you had the, the, the perfect away message. You're out of office was, uh, we were talking about that on the last, uh, prep call. It was uh, something along the lines of, uh, yeah, I'm not here. I I'm enjoying that, that, uh, ma- magical place that you only hear about that, you know, we know, we, we don't know if it exists or not called vacation. And, uh, if I don't get back to you, uh, it's because I probably got about 4,000 unread messages during my time. So I probably won't reply back to you. Don't take it personally. If you need me, just email me when I get back. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a bad summary. You got you, you, you got You got a few words wrong in there, but that works out. Well, you got it the was, gist it of was, it. It was, it was done a lot better than that. I mean, it was, it was magical. <laughs> I spent years crafting that message though. So yes, I mean, let's be fair. It wasn't like, an overnight thing. <clears throat> Yeah. This was epic. I love I, it. I, I, I tell love you, it. I'll be declaring email bankruptcy when I return. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes, email bankruptcy. Yeah, <laughs> I just comparing I, email though to like the instant response is like if you if you treat your inbox as a flat structure, meaning everything is equal, every mm-hmm, email mm-hmm. is the same, and so you end up with tens of thousands of unread messages. And that's like if an instant responder is treating their queue in the exact same way, every piece of data that comes into it is equal, you end up with too much data. And that was mm-hmm. part of our yeah. logic is, you know, everybody that manages an email inbox tends to create filters. This goes there, that goes there. This is important. This is not important. Whatever your logic is. Yeah. We were at the Matt's got a rule idea. that says if a message comes from Aaron, it goes right to the recycle bin. There are several you straight, know. To the, straight to the inbox yeah. or, or straight to the uh, trash rule. Permanently you delete. Know. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. It's so easy to swipe an email like, oh, this guy, that's gone. You know, delete key is so conveniently located. There's, uh, there's no shortage of those. <laughs> yep. Yep. Swipe one way for archive, swipe the other for delete and just. That's right. That's awesome. But I think I think that's that's I, I think this demonstrates the problem, it does. right? And 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 even even in um, our EDR product, right, uh, secure secure endpoint. One of the updates is, that was released must have been probably four or five years ago now. With the dashboard, you had that inbox tab, right? Because it was it was the, the same idea. Like, yeah. hey, here's here's your 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 events, right? Here's all your events to take a look at, right? And if you're not putting in if, if you're just relying on the end user or the SOC to be the one to create all those filters to, you know, filter it themselves, it's not going to happen most likely. It's going to take a sophisticated organization with a very seasoned and mature SOC with, with all the 
the um, the different pieces in order, right? To be able to do that, and let's face it, especially in in the the patch that Tom and I cover, we don't see that very often. We don't we don't see that very often. Majority of our customers maybe don't even have a sock or mm. that sock is all, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll wear the hat of the sock, but they're also wearing a bunch of other hats too. Right. They'll, so being able to, to, to have that, those things kind of pre-built for you and, and help the system, the system help you kind of by bubbling up the most important. That's, that's, that's a game changer right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, we see the same, we saw the same thing with a lot of our research, right? It, almost yeah. exactly what you just said. They may not have a dedicated sock. They most likely have a sock function that somebody is fulfilling, and, and they may not be the world's most seasoned investigator who's ready to start drilling through all the raw logs from all these different things and writing their own queries that can correlate um, based on the query language and so on. Right? I mean, it's it, it, we need tools to make them more productive. The, you know, the real people. I, I see this happening a lot in the industry in general, though. It's it's less about it's less about the nerd knobs and more about the tools that help you do your job, right? And to, to help kind of just make it easier to troubleshoot or stand up or fix or move or migrate or whatever. It's 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 that's where the the focus has been, and I, I think I see that across all the different aspects of this of this industry. Yeah. Um, you know, even on the, the the regular network stuff, right? Like look at the stuff that Meraki's done with with being able to just deploy networks with APIs using a barcode scanner and a thermal printer, right? I we have a we there was a customer that had to stand up ten thousand stores with uh with Meraki and it was just scan the barcode of the serial number, API calls into the system, network created, IPs uh, addressed, everything configured, and spits out a shipping label. You just ship that box to where it needs to go, and you're done. Yeah, we we have Incredible. a term in the business unit. We call it um, Maracify. So we're Maracify. like, you know, we want to Maracify this experience, right? You know, that's literally, you know, what it means is, can we simplify this experience to deliver the outcome, right? Um, and that's something Meraki definitely does really well. Yeah, definitely. Um. And I know we keep mentioning SIM, yeah. uh, and this might be a, a, a tough question to ask, but is XDR a SIM? Nope. Does it fall into that category? It's not. No. Okay. So why not? What what yeah. makes it not a SIM? Got a, a couple of, I'll throw a couple at you and we'll see if Matt wants to add a few more. Um, so typically a SIM is going to store logs, uh, raw telemetry, raw logs from just about anything that you want to send it. Right. Um, so I send it to that SIM and then I, I go through and I parse out based on the, let's say the message came in in a syslog format. I'm going to parse out what each field in syslog was. Um, and then somewhere along those lines, I then have to go and query that back. And it's meant, and, and SIMs have a great place. Don't get me wrong. Like one of the things we're not going to do in a cloud, most likely, is be your long term storage of all these raw events in case you have to go to court in five, seven years and, you know, um, you need to pull these back out to prove what did or did not happen. Um, you know, that's not the that's not what an XDR is. An XDR is trying to cover the space where the sim is failing the customer, which is in in specific and um, specific. How do I put this? Specific sources that add value to the investigation. So anything may be able to decorate, and that's a term I stole from Matt Robertson, but uh, 
uh, maybe able to decorate an investigation, right? To to mm -hmm. to throw more information into the investigative timeline as I'm going through there. But was there any real value to it? So we curate the sources and we're more, way more specific about which sources we want to take. And you're going to see uh, sim vendors go down that same path because they're realizing just because they're storing logs doesn't mean those logs have value. And there's a lot of money that those are costing. So um, yeah. I work with one customer who's got a $20 million per year bill for their sim. Wow. That's how much they're ingesting. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. That's a lot of yeah, data. it just goes back to some of what I was saying earlier about you know like making operation or security operations more efficient. Like with Sims, Sims basically are like, hey, we'll get all the data in one place. The onus was on the end user to extract value out of that data. Uh, now, some Sims extract value in different ways, but generally speaking, oper you know the security operations center had to build playbooks. They had to build and staff up their people and their skill set in order to extract value. The Sims were not the value extractors. With XDR, we really, the expectation is you're going to do more than that, just getting data. The expectation is you're going to provide a prioritized list uh, or prioritized queue of incidents. That's and associated response actions uh, and not rely on people and skills to get there because right? there is a skills gap in security um there is a uh, in order to stop a large security operations center you need to spend a lot of money on people and talent and education uh, that's you know i'm not saying that's what xdr solves for but you know again back to make every tier one as effective as tier two this is about making operations uh more efficient nice no, I think I think that's that that hits the nail on the head. I was looking through some of the um, the decks that we have uh, for presentation, and there were three so three slides that I really liked the titles because I think it really kind of um, summarized up what XDR is looking to do. And I just wrote them down here. Um, first one is confirm attacks sooner with with alert correlation. Second is prioritize the the impact. We talked about that, and then that third piece there is walk through the incidents step by step, and it, it XDR really covers those three things. And I think that alone, those I mean that's that's really what we need as, as we've been kind of talking about here. The amount of data and alerts that our customers are getting inundated with it's noise. It's absolute noise. And if you're going to be looking for a needle in a stack of needles or in a field of multiple stacks of needles, you're not going to be effective. And that's what it ends up becoming. So this is a way to really kind of, as it says, prioritize, um, give you that context that you need and walk you through the remediation, maybe even automate it, right? If you if you want to go down that path and, and set those things up, you can even automate those pieces. Um, is there anything you want to actually mention about um, specific to automation? I know our R isn't isn't in the in the group today. <laughs> so there's so so okay. I, there is something I would specifically like to call out, um, and this was something where so so guys like Matt and I have been in Cisco for a long time, and we've we've um, worked with Cisco was calling out like rapid threat containment and other other things like that that make it seem like when 
when a lot of our customers hear us say automation, they may be thinking like an automated, to use a term I hate, quarantine type response, right? So an a, a automated way of isolating an endpoint or kicking them off a network or something like that. But automation is used for... Is the word you yes, the for. self-defending <laughs> network. Yes, exactly. With Harrison Ford at the keyboard uh, during uh, Air, uh, Air Force One. Or Air Force One, yeah. Now, when he was using our self-defending network in that movie, it was, uh, it was fun. Um, anyway, um, the... Uh, the, the, the going back to that though automation also means like automating more of the enrichment process to get more information so um, to give you an example one remember what I said about securex and how securex it was a, a a few people who did a lot of incident response saying what are the tools that what are the things we would do that we would script out and can we productize all that and that's how threat response portion of of SecureX came about was more or less making a product out of what these guys used to do. <clears throat> but so then we get an incident manager into SecureX, right? And so the incident manager, uh, an incident gets promoted from a source that's allowed to promote to its queue. And we'll say it's from the firewall, right? So it's it's from a source fire appliance with, you know, snort signatures, yada, yada. Um, we incident gets created, we're going to automatically go through what threat response did, which was an enrichment process of going out to every integrated source, hitting their APIs, bringing back any sightings of the observables that we pulled out, right? And said, you know, and any verdicts and judgments of those sightings and so on. With automation, what you can do instead is that when Matt's detection and correlation engine does its job, um, from an ins- from a, an event that rolls up to it, it can then look at that, prioritize it, and determine if it needs to be enriched before you just start going down that enrichment process, right? So then the automation's doing those things, saying, okay, yeah, uh, based on this, I need to go do an enrichment. I'm going to go call these integrated sources, and I'm going to enrich this and get more information. What is my asset priority? Do you know what about what are the TTPs? Do I need to, to consider this? Is did this succeed or not? Maybe one of the questions that's asked, right, in the automation was it just the detection that it was stopped and it didn't actually exploit anything on the endpoint or you know the etc. Right, that's something else to consider with the automation. And Rob and others, but Rob was a very key point in this was uh, extending what we're doing from an automation perspective from just response to actual, uh, enri- you know, using automation to do an enrichment and so on, not just a quarantine, but the response is to enrich further, is to investigate further, to pull that information in that someone would have had to do manually or that we just would have done for absolutely everything. Right? And so that's something I would definitely call out for automation. But that it, it the other piece, and I mentioned it earlier in this podcast, right, was doing having a curated set of recommended responses or actions based on the TTPs of the event, not just a generic set for every single incident. Right. And so those are a couple of things I wanted to point out. I'm sure Matt's now like, geez, Aaron, shut up. Let me speak. I mean, so when it comes to things to point out about XDR, uh, our detection system uh, is, Early, in terms of the data source that we're bringing in, the data models that we're building is unique in the industry. 
we have a very sophisticated set of data scientists that are working very hard to build uh, the correct models. Uh, our network centric detections are, as far as I'm concerned, market leading and unique. Um, we have really focused heavily on network centric uh, detection and response. But, you know, we are Cisco. We we know the network well. We get data from that network. We're really yeah, let's 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 lead let's lead with that. Lead with our tech. We kind of know what we're doing on the network space. Well, we know what <laughs> right? Um, I I mean I've been in network detection uh, for a very very long time, and that is core to our FCR strategy. I think is fantastic. Uh, the yeah. you know and the next thing is you know just building on what Aaron was saying about MITRE and TAC mapping. Uh, MITRE is the new language. Uh, that security operators are using to describe what a detection is. You know, we, we've been in the detection business for years. You know, we, detection is just like, oh, we've seen a thing. And I've seen, and you know, I've done this with network detections forever, is I, you know, generate detection, suspect long flow. What does suspect long flow mean, right? Like, what does that mean to my organization? You know, suspect data yep. loss. What does that mean, right? Like, there's all kinds of weird things that, you know, if you can describe a behavior by observing activity in the network, uh, what, what is the next step to action? And MITRE allows us to do that, right? It's like the attacker was doing this behavior in an attempt to accomplish this objective. You know, it's like now, now we can put a TTP against long flow, right? It could be, uh, it could have been a crypto miner, which is somebody monetizing an asset. It could be a uh, command and control channel, like these types of things. Now that you can describe exactly what you're seeing in the form of a TTP gives you, gives you a, and the defender an option to better prioritize the detection in the context of the business. And prioritization is what they always, you know, always needed in the first place. Because back to what I said, like here's, you know, just because we throw data into a SIM, um, the operator needs to extract value out of it. What do I respond to first and what do I do about it? And that's what we're doing with XDA. That's awesome. And I would, I would say too, that's also what the, what Kenna is doing on the vulnerability side too. And I'm sure we're taking that information in as well. It's going to be a part of that as well. So I, just to, to be clear, cause I'm, I'm, uh, I'm one of those people who probably overshares. We, when I, I talked about, so we had the data scientist and the chief data scientist actually from Kenna who came up with this, this new patented algorithm, very similar functions, but it is different. Um, right, and it's about prioritizing incidents. Now, we do have this company that is, in theory, a wholly owned subsidiary of Cisco known as Kenna Security, and they do a bang up job of vulnerability management, right? Mm-hmm. But the vulnerability management user and the incident responder who an XDR are designed for are not the same persona as we would call it here. So it's not that Kenna is built into the XDR, because it, it's not. There's some, some Kenna smarts built into the XDR, but there's no vulnerability management type things in XDR. That is still actually a separate separate target audience, if you will, right? A separate okay. persona of, of, you know, the person who's managing the endpoints, not the one who's managing the EDR on the endpoints uh, from a persona perspective. Now, in certain customers, it may be, you know, in many organizations, actually, maybe the same person wearing two different hats at two different times, right? Mm-hmm. But it, 
from a persona perspective and who do you gear the product to, they are very different. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense now that you explain it too, because the vulnerability piece is going to be more, you know, pre-attack, whereas what we're doing with XDR is, you know, post-attack. We, we like to call yeah, we call it left of boom and right of boom, right? So, so boom is the incident and, you know, the attack itself, right? And then left of boom on a timeline is things we get done that are preventative. Well, this already happened. It got through. Now, what are the things we can escalate to them to say, you know, um, they're, you know, these endpoints were vulnerable. These other endpoints may be even more at risk than yada, yada, yada. But that's different than trying to do, say, management and proactively patching of systems before the boom. Um, I do believe, and it's my feeling, that these things will combine more and more as we go. But, you know, um, it, it is not at this point in our product or any other product, really, for the, to my knowledge. Right? There's still very sure, different people point. doing it. Yeah, yeah. Tom, any, uh, any other questions as we start to uh, wrap this one up here? Yeah, uh, this one, I, I don't know if you can answer this or not. But so I know we, you know, Cisco XDR was, was built on the idea, right, that we'd be you know, be able to add third parties in. In theory, could you use Cisco XDR with purely just third-party products? Or do you have to have some Cisco products in there to make it functional? In theory, you could use it with all third parties um, to an extent. Um, When I talk about... Depends on how technically... How far down this technical rabbit hole you would like to go. (laughs) <laughs> the the prioritizations, the incident queue, things like that are all going to happen. If it's all third parties, we may be missing a correlation attribute, you know, uh, specific attributes to do a better correlation um, than we might have if you were to say all third parties plus our agent, like not our EDR, but like a, a telemetry agent where then the telemetry agent may be the thing that actually allows you or allows the system to do a better correlation, which you are entitled to the agent if you, know, if you have the XDR anyway. But then, so that would be like third parties plus some Cisco because there would be a Cisco agent there to help with that. Um, would it still work without the agent? Sure. Um, would you be missing some of the correlations in, in my mind? Uh, probably. Um, but, and I uh, imagine that's based on how much the third party is willing to share, right? So, as the X, it does. As the X and the XDR tripod, I will tell you that not all third parties are created equal as far as like data share and stuff. Some some get very, and, and we we are just as guilty as this in a lot of our products as they are, uh, mind you. But where where we basically say that's my data. Like, I'm going to hold on to this. If someone wants to use that data, they have to use my ecosystem. And yep. where Cisco's trying to get away from that approach, there are still plenty out there that are like that. And we've found that it's it's much easier to integrate with some third parties than others, and it, to, to the disappointment of some of our customers. But it's we'd sure. rather tell them, you know, hey, I just, I, I, can, I can work very well with third party number three and, you know, but you're trying to get me to work with number nine over there. And, the, you know, I can't give you the same outcomes with that one. And it's not because I don't want to. It's just maybe if you can influence their product team to start sharing better data, that, that, that type of thing. 
yeah. play nicer in the sandbox. Right. <laughs> it's 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 one of those tricky things, you know. It's like not every outcome is created, or you know, the outcome might seem flat, but the outcome on every individual product is going to be different. It comes down to the data available and the response services that we can hit with at different APIs. And not every product in the world is the same. And so, yes, you can absolutely deploy Cisco XDR without integrating a single Cisco thing. Um, that is possible yep. to do. So, what, one example might outcome, be that you know what oh, it, what was the outcome you expected when you deployed it. That's a different story, right? You, if the data is not there, if the response piece isn't there, there, there's only so much we can do. There, I'll give you a, an exa- a real world example, but I won't mention products. I'll just you know I'll tell you it is an EDR vendor, um, and you can get the outcome of one of their you, you can get one of their alerts, but you can't get the telemetry that created that alert. And there's a lot that's missing from the alert that you get to be able to now say, let me do some cross correlations and analytics with it. So I want to be able to tie it to the traffic I saw on the network to start showing lateral movement or when did this connection get made? Or can I, can I show that this started off in an email and then, you know, Brian decided to double click on the Christmas card XE and that actually installed the, uh, the you know, the, the Trojan that then is remote desktoping into the servers and messing with Active Directory and so on. Those types of things, you can't correlate at all. You can only correlate that there was a bad executable that fired on this day, uh, maybe not even pull it down to the right endpoint from the rest of the systems. Whereas other third parties, and you'll see the ones we're coming to market with as we launch, right? Um, if I, if it's okay, you can edit this out if I'm not supposed to say it, but you know, like one of the ones we're announced, we're, we've integrated with uh, CrowdStrike, we've integrated with Sentinel One, we've integrated with Microsoft Defender, ATP, which these are all EDR systems, endpoint detection and response, right? And they they compete directly with Cisco's own EDR, which is used to be called AMP, now it's called Secure Endpoint. But they're able to at least give us the information or give any XDR or SIM a level of information that allows them to, to work with that data without necessarily having to be tied into their own and only ecosystem. My, uh, the only other question I had to, and again, if this is too technical, we can cut this out, but... Um, in instances of a customer who has like an air gap network, they want to protect with something like this. Is that something we can provide with X, with Cisco SDR? So let's go ahead and cut that one out. Um. Okay. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> the answer, if you end up keeping it, is uh, uh, no. You're not really going to do that. If, if you need something like that, you need to be looking at the outcome of the detection. I'm going to steal this right from Matt. Matt will be happy to talk to you about StealthWatch working in air gapped environments, right? Um, and so, uh, but this particular product, the Cisco XDR, really unique and original name there. Um, but that particular product is cloud only, um, as it stands as we're releasing it. So, gotcha. All right. Noted. Um, now I'll make an argument that, uh, StealthWatch has been helping air gapped environments, you know, for years and years and years, man. So it, it's second to none in that world. Yeah. So. Sometimes it's just looking at what the outcome is. And, you know, StealthWatch is able to collect data from multiple different 
data or telemetry sets, run analytics on top of that data, production detection. We can drive on-prem response accordingly uh, through different response mechanisms. It's it's predominantly built on network data, uh, and those, and we have extended network detections with the other data sources, like an entity services engine. We started the call talking about that, but it's is it a full? Is it? It's not a product called Cisco XDR. It's Cisco Secure Network Analytics. Now it is different, but sometimes it's just look at the outcomes you expect. Definitely. <laughs> Jeez, time you opened up a bag of worms with that one. <laughs> We keep it. Now. I have customers we did who would ask. To cut it, but uh, obviously, yeah, that's right. You know, the statement we'll that keep, we we'll keep that one in. We're making. You know, we looked at what the market expectations for XDR were, and right. we came to the conclusion that it was not possible to deliver on the majority of those outcomes, not in a SaaS. Uh, we needed to be in, in the cloud from the cloud. We needed to compute scale of the cloud in order to integrate with a number of our other vendors. Like near some of our ecosystem partners, particularly in EDR, our SaaS only offers as well. And it's like, must integrate with them. Well, that's kind of where we're at, right? It's a SaaS, Cisco XDR is a SaaS product. However, that doesn't preclude, you know, the right level of certifications and and moving into specific, you know, like private clouds, if you will, right? Um, And I can't, you know, I can't sit here and talk about roadmaps or timelines or anything like that on a, public podcast but it but it as of right now there is no plan to take this thing to an on-premise solution it's a lot of parts man it's a lot of it is a lot of cloud infrastructure being used a lot of compute and a lot of optimization of that compute as well of, of the compute the storage the the um the channels for the data to flow through right um a lot of optimization uh, and continuing to optimize because it, it, we have to keep our, you know, it, if you just let stuff work raw without doing any optimization, you, you know, Cisco could be bankrupt in no time, you know, just from the cloud operational costs. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of data. It's, yeah, the more you hold on to it, it just grows exponentially. Oh, yeah. Uh, this has been... This has been awesome. Um, I, I I second what Tom said earlier about you know learning more about uh, XDR Cisco XDR um, in our conversations with with you gentlemen today than um, than previous uh, with the different events and and um, internal calls and stuff like that. So really appreciate you guys taking the time and uh, hopefully our listeners have learned a lot as well. Um, you know, with, with such a recent announcement, I'm sure there's still a lot that hasn't fully bubbled out to the, uh, the sales teams and everything else, right. That our customers have the direct contact with, uh, but you know, here you get to, we've gotten, we've gotten to hear it straight from the horse's mouth of the two of the three legs of XDR. (laughs) And, uh, I, I think both Aaron and Matt kind of filled in for, for Robert's R portion, um, so I think I think we, we got some really good coverage here. Uh, as we always say, if you have some questions, reach out to your account teams. Understand that, you know, we're still learning. It's still kind of developing a little bit as we go. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be some uh, – this is being recorded prior to Cisco Live US, uh, but the podcast will be out the week after. So 
Uh, hopefully you've gotten a chance to attend Cisco Live and hear Aaron speak, maybe shake his hand. Or uh, Matt speak. Matt's got sessions Or Matt, too. Matt speaking too. Oh, Great. Yeah. Awesome. So hopefully you get a chance to meet them both. Uh, will Robert be there too? Or are you guys going to have the, the trio there? He'll be there. Or, oh, he is. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully you get a chance to meet with the, one of the three of them or all three and uh, been able to pick their brains a little bit more. Uh, but as we wrap things up, I'll uh, give you guys a chance to kind of get in some final thoughts. Aaron, I'll start with you, and Matt will give you the final word. Uh, I think Tom needs to uh, not speak so much next time. <laughs> I don't let him. That's the problem. I'm, I'm the same way. Look at Matt. He's just like, yeah, try working with Aaron sometime. He never shuts <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, but um, um, my, my only final thoughts are, uh, I guess, when it comes to XDR, um, when it comes to, to working in a sock, right? Give Cisco XDR um, a look, right? Have fun with it. Um, I think you'll be really impressed at what's happening in that space, what we're doing in that space, and where we go with it in the future as well. Um, it is something Cisco has bought into like um, whole hog, uh, which may not translate to many of your 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 <laughs> listeners, but uh, in the south where I live, it, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, we've really gone down that path and, and invested tremendously and continue to invest tremendously in this. Uh, and this is just the, uh, the first release. And it's a great first release. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Matt, you get the final word. So you can uh, just basically trump everything Aaron says. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll second what he said. You know, Cisco XDR is a great new product. It's really exciting. Uh, take a look at it. Our goal is to make... Uh, security operations more efficient with it. Uh, one thing that I will mention, because we did not talk about it at all, is uh, email. Uh, email remains the number one threat vector. Uh, yep. with, with, you know, we've, we have a pretty strong integration and, and more in the pipe for email threat defense and analytical capabilities and integration to XDR. And when you bring that, you know, we talked about endpoint detection response, we talked about network detection response, we talked about cloud detection response. Bring in email, threat detection. Uh, we have a a coverage across the, the spectrum that is, we believe, to be unparalleled in the industry. You know, it's awesome. Now, this this was completely unscripted. And Tom, I don't know if, if you're getting the correlation here that that I am. You you are okay. Yeah. So. Our next episode is on ETD specifically email threat defense. We are we are covering that next. So it, this is just and you had no idea, but no, that, that's no. awesome. So that, that's a great segue into our Who's, next episode, episode fifty four, which will be specifically on email threat defense. And uh, I don't know if 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 we'll be able to make any ties during that episode on the XDR integration, but yeah. I imagine there will be will be some. But I'm I'm glad you bring that up because. We talk about it all the time, email still being the number one attack vector. Uh, in email did come up. We talked about how many unread messages we had. <laughs> right. So it did come up, but yeah. probably not in the context you were thinking. <laughs> yeah. that, And I tell you, the email threat defense offering, formerly known as cloud mailbox defense, right? Um, but it, it is, it was one of those, we built it from ground up uh, inside of Cisco. And you'll learn more about this next week, I'm sure. But it is one incredible piece of technology or pieces of technology. Like it, it, it really is from um, somebody who really admires cloud architecture. This is one of those that was just done so well right from the beginning. 
Um, and some of the some of the founders of that are just guys that have been working cloud since cloud wasn't even a thing. Right? And they were like, we are going to build this. We're going to build it right. And they, they really did. It was It's a very impressive thing to look at. So It really yeah. is. It really is. We're looking, looking forward to it. Um, but, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today and for all the information that you've given us. Um, really appreciate you coming on. And thank you, of course, for taking the time to listen or watch. We're on YouTube, right, Tom? That's right. Like and subscribe. How many? Yeah, like and subscribe. We're trying to get that subscribe count back up. It was up to 71 and we lost one. So whoever you were, what, what <laughs> was me? Wrong? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. Come back. We have we have cookies. Yes. Uh, so uh, continue to uh, to watch, like, subscribe, comment. We do get all the comments. We read all those. Um, but thank you for taking the time to listen to Conf Tea with your SE. And until next time, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Conf Tea with your SE. For more information and resources on today's topic and others, check out the show notes on our website at conftea.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conftea.show. And remember, if you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conf T with your SE.